when we reopened on the 4th of July after three months closed. First pandemic in my life, don't know what to do, what's going on, mm. are we gonna keep the business? So after three months, you feel like, wow, that's it, it's over. Mm. Uh, when you worked in a restaurant, it's a bit similar than London, you're gonna work with, you're gonna work with British, with Irish, with Portuguese, with French, Italian, Spanish. Sure. And that's fantastic when, you, when you're young and 18 years old because um, you have the discipline of work and at the same time you have the culture from your colleagues. Beginning of January we were very quiet and then February the two reviews um, in a week came out and transformed. Then, boom! Amazing. The phone non-stop, emails, bam bam bam. You walk close to the owner and the same on the floor, walking close to the owner. Sure. They feel like... The part of something. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Our eating habits are changing. We're demanding better dining experiences and the food market has never been so competitive. Starting and succeeding with a food business is challenging, but some determined and passionate entrepreneurs are flourishing. These people have big dreams, big passion and big drive. They are disruptors change makers and innovators. They see a positive future. Many say that food business is too risky. Some say that it has huge rewards. Are you up for the challenge? In today's episode, I sat down with Giannis from Blanchette Restaurant here in Soho in London. Giannis set up Blanchette with his two brothers uh, they all grew up in Calvados in Normandy and they were inspired by their mother who brought them up with a, uh, I guess, passion and care and love for food and for service and hospitality. Giannis and his brothers worked their way up through hospitality in some very high quality establishments around the world. So they really have that attention to detail and the level of professionalism that really supported them in developing and delivering this high quality restaurant, uh, doing sharing plates of, of French food. Uh, there's also an element of music involved, which creates this special, unique experience within the restaurant. And it's proven to be very successful with some amazing reviews along the way. Giannis is a true professional. Uh, it's an amazing passion for this industry, for food, for people in general and there's so many great insights in this interview. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So uh, sit back, take a notepad as always, and enjoy. Great, so let's start with COVID and the yeah. pandemic. Obviously it's been an adventurous 18 months or so. How have you coped personally, I suppose, and, and your partners, and how have you got through, you've obviously survived as a business, but how has it been in general over the last 18 months? Well, it's been, it's been tough, um, you know, um, restaurant was closed for almost a year uh, on and off, uh, thinking about the staff, thinking about what you're going to do in the future. So it's been a tough moment. Yeah. Um, but the only thing was positive is the moment we were opening. Um, I don't know if you remember, we were open in October and then they closed down in November and then two weeks in December. But all the time we opened the restaurant, we were full. So we had that little positive mind say we're not over it we're still there and mm -hmm. we're gonna survive 
So it's been tough, but at the same time, we were happy with the support from all our local and all the guests, all the regulars keep coming. Sure. And that's the only way we could survive is to get people in and to do the maximum of covers. Sure, sure. So I guess like big challenge was the fact that things change so regularly. Yeah. So it's almost like a roller coaster. Exactly. So you eat out scheme and so on. Yeah. yeah. So we reopened on the 4th of July last year. Yeah. And then we closed again. Um, I mean, we had a curfew in September. So 9.30 who was mm. affecting the business already quite a lot. And then we closed down again at the whole month um, in November to reopen two weeks in December to be closed for another six months. Sure. So all we, when we reopened on the 4th of July after three months closed, first pandemic in my life, don't know what to do, what's going on, mm. are we gonna keep the business? So after three months, you feel like, wow, that's it, it's over. Mm. And then you realize in September, there is another peak. So they put the curfew at nine o'clock or 9.30. So you lose the second seating. So half of your revenue, one meter distance, everyone's quite scared. So not many people is going out. It's winter, it's dark at 6 p.m. So mentally you don't feeling well already. Sure. And you tried for September, October and November, you closed again for another month. So it was quite tough. Mentally, you need to be strong. Mm. Um, but after you just think, okay, let's be relaxed. And you know, the fact that, as I mentioned to you, that the customer, as soon as we opened, we were very busy. Yeah. He, he was quite positive for us. He was saying like, okay, let's 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 stay positive, and you know, we we we're gonna get through. Okay, okay. So it was always kind of looking at the the positive kind of light at the end of the tunnel, almost, exactly, and kind of focusing on exactly. that. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And how did you? I guess, uh, manage the staff and try to keep the positivity within the team. Yeah. yeah. Well, Blanchette is a, it's a small company. So we have a small, uh, small amount of staff, uh, staff. We kept everyone, um, everyone on furlough. Um, um, few of them went back to Italy or France, um, and then never came back to the UK. So, uh, but, um, 90% of our team uh, was on furlough and obviously they, it was difficult for them because they had a, a rent to pay it. We couldn't give them any top up because obviously um, cash flow was very tight. We still had to pay a few bills. Um, so it was very tight for them and especially the furlough, it's a minimum wage. So when you live in, in London and you need to pay your rent, it's, you know, mm. it, it, it's very stressful. Um, so, you know, it's been stressful for everyone, okay. but uh, we, we, we worked hard to keep everyone and everyone went on furlough and everyone was very happy to come back when we reopened okay. the restaurant. Amazing. Very good. Very good. And how is business now? Obviously, kind of markets generally opened up. People are coming out again. Yeah. Is business good at the moment? Business is very good. Yeah. Uh, we reopened on the 12th of April, uh, Westminster allow a restaurant, um, they set up the Alfresco dining. Yeah. Um, they allow us. They allow us to put tables and chairs outside, which fantastic. I think it's great. The vibe is is amazing. Um, they should have done that long time ago. I think in in the West End, um, and it helps a lot. I um, mean, we have an extra thirty covers outside. Right. Um, so you know, when the weather is good and in a pandemic, you know, I think the guests are 
prefer to, 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 to sit outside and, you know, with the fresh air, you, you know, you, you, you feel a bit more comfortable to, to, to meet people outside. Mm. So it's definitely uh, help us okay. uh, with, with the, with to have the uh, outdoor. So we've been very, very busy. Sure. Um, and um, now with half term, we can see it's, it's, you know, it's a bit more quiet, but I've got a feeling that he, he will come back in the next few weeks and okay. we'll have a busy uh, September again. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Good news. Um, okay, so let's go right back to the beginning. So, and I know you grew up in Normandy. Yeah. Uh, but I'd love to know, like, where did the passion for food come from, and maybe some early experiences yeah. around that, and also your entrepreneurial spirit, if that kind of was there from an early age or developed as you as you grew. Well, my um, so we come from Normandy, Calvados. We three brothers. Uh, it's a family business, by the way. Blanchette is. We choose to name the restaurant Blanchette for it's her mom's name. Um, and she's the one who put us into uh, hospitality. Um, so we three brothers, Malik is into music and Max started um, in, the f he was the first one to start in hospitality. And uh, I was still at school and I remember my, um, my visiting my brother who was doing, uh, who was working in a, in a restaurant in, uh, in Caen where we come from. And I was seeing him serving people and I quite liked it. And then uh, at 16 years old, I decided to do the same, basically follow the, the follow what my brother was doing. Okay. So, um, so yeah, uh, my it, but it's mainly my mom who put us. You know, she always always cooking at home, and you know the Sunday lunch was very important, and you know peeling potato on the early age and all these kind of things, and sure. you know even to the mise en place of a table for the family, it was very important for us okay. uh, spending times on. On, on, on making sure that the table is ready and have okay. a good time, uh, have a good family lunch. It was very important for okay. us. Did your mother work in hospitality? No, okay. not at all. Okay. Um, not at all, but okay. she, uh, she always loved it. Okay. And um, so, yeah, we always had that passion at home to be on food and, and, and service and, and hospitality. So, yeah, so okay. that, that's why we all been into restaurants. Okay, so it's in the blood. Yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, in terms of my career, I, I, I started at 16 years old. Um, I went to school, catering school. Uh, in France, we call that a CAP, BEP. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exam uh, that you do uh, over two years. You, 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 you're employed by um, 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 a restaurant and then you go into school as well. Okay, and so apprenticeship. The, exactly, sort of, yeah. exactly. So you, you, they teach you the base of fine dining which is cooking and service. Um, and then I was at the same time employed in a, in a classic brasserie, um, it was very good. And then I had my exam. Um, and after my exam, I decided uh, to uh, move to Spain. Um, I was uh, just 18 years old. Um, I went to Marbella. Uh, I had some friends and my brother Malik, who is into the music industry, was already doing some uh, season in Marbella, playing in some different hotels. Um, so um, I decided to, to, to go uh, to Marbella and I worked in a, in, a, in, a, in a French bistro called Casanis. It's an, in, it's an institution in, in Marbella. Um, so I was a bartender, I was 18 years old. Um, it was a great experience, I've done the season. And then uh, I moved to uh, Ireland. In, mm -hmm. uh, after a few months I moved to Dublin. Uh, I wanted to learn English. Uh, and my brother Max, who started, was in Dublin at this time. Um, so uh, I've joined him in Dublin, and then uh, that's really where I started 
um, my career in terms of uh, knowledge on wine, it was very, it was a bit more serious. When I uh, walked in Marbella, I was a bit more friendly with friends, the season. More casual. More casual. Yeah. But when I arrived in Dublin, it was more, um, mm. I, I walked in, in La Stampa, mm. it was uh, a famous restaurant, a famous luxury brasserie at the time. Mm. I walked in Peblos, they're still here. Mm. Um, it's a lux luxury brasserie in Dublin. Uh, I worked in Eli One Bar, who was nominated uh, the best wine list in Europe in uh, 2007. Mm. Um, so that was was great experience. Um, and then, um, so I worked in Dublin for two years. Um, was amazing. Um, and then, uh, it's it's what is good on on moving in these kind of countries. You 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 learn as well when you're young on on different culture so uh, when you worked in a restaurant it's a bit similar than london you're going to work with Brit you're going to work with british with irish with portuguese with french italian spanish sure and that's fantastic when you when you're young and 18 years old because um, you have the discipline of work and at the same time you have the culture from your colleagues uh, from uh, different countries mm. different languages you're going out, all these kind of things. It was an amazing experience. And sure. Dublin, uh, Dublin at the time, um, the scene of, of restaurants and, and nightlife was, was great. Mm. Uh, it was amazing. Um, so uh, great experience in Dublin, loved it. And then um, I moved to New York City after Dublin. Arrived in New York, it was in 2008. Um, great experience, quite hard at the beginning. Um, and um, yeah, I worked in um, a restaurant called um, uh, Provence um, in Soho and uh, a bistro called L'Orange Bleu, who was here for the last uh, 20 years. And um, I've done the opening of a, a wine bar called Ten Bells on the Lower East Side in, um, in New York. It was the first biodynamic natural wine in, in, in New York City at the wow. time. When was this? 2008 okay and um, that's where I developed my knowledge in terms of wine and natural wine which was a bit more where I, what I've learned in, in, in the past in, in the restaurant but I worked was more um, the classic wine mm. um, and then uh, opening a, a wine bar which you have only natural biodynamic mm. natural beers um, funky test and completely different smell yeah um was interesting yeah. um so lovely experience the bar uh, was the, the way that they designed the bar was great they had some little plates uh, we used to do oysters uh, great oysters um you could get an oyster for one dollar and, and a glass of wine wow. um yeah it was very busy um we used to work in a time with uh, some uh, some uh, one producer Marcel Lapierre on a, on a Morgon was you know absolutely fantastic Magnum, I mean it was great experience, mm. fantastic, loved it, and then um, and um, at the time I was in New York City. Max, my brother, um, was in London, and um, we always had the dream to open. Obviously, when I started. We always had the dream to open a restaurant together. Mm. And uh, Max was in London. He was like, he was calling me, saying, "Yanis, you know, you worked in Dublin, you worked in in London. 
I have many, a lot of experience. Max as well had experience, obviously, in Dublin. He, he had experience in, in Paris. He worked in Hotel Cost, famous hotel in Paris. Um, um, in London, he opened a big structure and he obviously was in London and he, 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 he was like, Yanis, you need to come to London. I think there is space um, in London to, to open uh, what we want, which is a French uh, bistro. Mm. Um, you should come and, 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 and visit me and f- see how you feel and, and then uh, maybe we could open something in, Lon- in, in London. Okay. And I was like, yeah, why not? Um, I was happy in, in New York City, you know, living the life. And, uh, yeah. and I was like, okay, I come, and, I, I come and visit you. I came to London um, and I, I loved it, actually. I loved it. And what I liked as well, it was a bit closer to, to Europe in terms of visiting. London. New York was a bit far. Mm. So I decided to come to uh, London. Um, and... Um, when I when I arrived in London was in um, uh, 2010, um, and I uh, um, and I worked for a, a Soltier Group uh, with um, uh, Simon Mellin, Sanya Morris, and uh, Bentish. Um, they uh, set up um, um, a, a company, a um, fantastic company. Uh, I've learned a lot with them. I worked five years for the company. Uh, great experience. Um, they, uh, so yeah, they opened Salt Yard, uh, the Hesa Pura Tavern. Um, they had a concept of Spa- Spanish and Italian fusion restaurants, mm-hmm. tapas, um, with a great atmosphere. Uh, they were very strong with training with the staff and give the patient to everyone into the, the company. So now it was, was lovely. Um, my brother at the time um, was working at, he was the manager at Zuma. Um, he opened the Corinthia Hotel, Massimo. Um, so he was still doing experience as well into hospitality. Mm-hmm. And then after the great experience that I had at, uh, for Solcia Group, uh, I was uh, one of the manager for one of the restaurants. Okay. Um, was the, that a conscious decision? Kind of you at that point knew you wanted to open your own place. Yes. So was it to go into somewhere that was kind of relatively similar in the same space, if you like, so Ex- you could learn for your own. Exactly. Okay. So I, I, why I never left Solcha Group is because I knew I wanted to do the same type of restaurant. Okay. My brother worked in. Um, in uh, in Zuma, um, Corinthia Hotel. Um, he worked um, at the Saint Martin's Lane. Uh, but myself, I've 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 knew straight away the setup, mm. and I had a few offers from different company at the time. S- some people approached me, can would you be interesting to to to, to be uh, the GM for us? And I always say no because, first of all, Sanya. Simon and Bentish always been um, great with me, honest, um, and I knew what I what I learned with them. It will be great for my for for my restaurant sure. because it's exactly the setup I wanted to do. Um, so um, one day I had a, like kind of an appraisal with the bosses because obviously I was the the GM. And um, they asked me what you want to do, and I told them, guys, I want to open my own restaurant. And then, um, and then they offered me to, to help me. 
Um, so it was, fun, it was really good. Um, it's quite unusual. That yes, one, very unusual. Reaction is the opposite. <laughs> exactly. They could, I could, you know, what I wanted to do, it's exactly the same as they do, but on yeah. my style, obviously, I don't want to copy anyone, but take an idea and then after you're doing on your, on, on, on the, you know, sure. we, we turn it into French and then it, I mean, it's, you come to, to, to Blanchette and what, what have they been doing, I think it's quite different. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, they 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 they, they helped me. Um, um, Sanya Morris, um, her dad, uh, which is Tim Morris, um, he's still the financial director of Blanchette, um, and he's uh, looking after the finance of the restaurant. Uh, he helped me a lot. Um, so from beginning to set up a business plan, um, find investors, um, meeting with the landlords, and all these kind of things. I mean, they. They're being amazing. They're being super good. Um, um, yeah, Simon, we're still in contact with Simon, um, sure. with all of them, with Sanya and Bentish as well. Um, no, no, they, 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 they've been very helpful for, sure. for, for, for the restaurant. Sure. Yeah, that's fantastic and really unusual that you yeah. get support from an employer. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And obviously they had a kind of an empire at the time. I mean, they had um, three restaurants. They were planning Ooh. to open a Bayard planning to open more so you know to find time with me mm. um, to open a business starting from scratch a business plan and all these kind of things sure uh, if, uh, yeah sure. it's it's very generous very very generous sure. and is that something that you kind of knew that you wanted or needed like that level of support or it just kind of came about or it came like yeah. that I mean I, I will have done it obviously without because but it will have been harder yes. um, it will have possibly take a bit longer yeah. um, to find a site and to find investor when you approach people to invest in a business I was very young mm. and when you have the support of 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 uh, of Solchar group it was gives you a lot of credibility exactly yeah. exactly and what is very important and for them is like they're gonna help me but it's gonna be my own restaurant my brother and I it's not yeah. You know, you just help me, but um, I, I, they understood straight away that we're not gonna argue in terms of percentage or anything like that. No, this is my business, mm. and they understood. They were just here to help me, and I think I worked very hard for them. You know, I spent five years. I've, you know, um, they, what they did, what they did. It's, um, you know, the, the tapas, but I became the face of the place I was managing. Mm. All, all the clients. Um, we were calling me on my mobile to get a table. They were wow. not in touch with Sanya or Simon. So I think they w thanks me as well for all the job that I've been doing for the mm. last five years. Sure. Um, um, so yeah, <coughs> we had that relation straight away that, you know, uh, it was very, sure. you know, we were the trust and it, we became very friend. Sure. Um, and same with Bentish. Um, we always had you know, he always respected me for the job I was doing and and same as, uh, he, you know, he was my boss and I knew, uh, you know, don't cross the line as well. They're still sure. your boss, they're helping you, but I've always been, and I think this is why they, they trust yeah. as well the concept of Max and I, and obviously they knew as well Max, and Max had, uh, you know, you know, start, you know mm. in terms of the experience, he, um, he had the experience in big structure and, and um, they could see we were very strong. Plus, we had Malik, 
Yeah. We had this music company who designed music for for um, different restaurants and hotels uh, in different countries. Um, so they, Malik is into hospitality, even if he's not um, in restaurant, but he works with hotel. He works with restaurants, and he has, you know, he knows what's wrong and what is the, the right thing. Sure. So we were quite strong, the three of us. Sure. The concept. Um, so yeah, that's that's yeah. that's why he, he, he went well sure. straight away. Sure. Well, it sounds like they believed in you. Exactly. Just your, a sort of potential yeah. for of, you as well. Exactly. Yeah. So how did you then go about developing the concept and the design? And I know you did sharing plates and so on. How did that come about? So uh, the sharing plate, obviously, because um, uh, back in 2012, 2013, 14, sharing plate was the big thing uh, in London. Yeah. And if you look at all the um, Asian and uh, new concept Peruvian, uh, they all were doing sharing plate at the time. So yeah. I think it was good to do. Um, and what I liked, it was um, you can order a bit of everything on the menu. And then if you're disappointed with one dish, at least the other one you love, you know, you're going to like it. So I think it's great. And uh, the fact of sharing was, was a good idea. Yeah. So this is why we went to sharing concept. Okay. And um, the name, because um, uh, Blanchette, her mom's name is Blanche, nickname is Blanchette. Um, she was the one who put us kind of into hospitality. Um, so it was a little... Not uh, to her. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and then in terms of the design, is the, it's, um, uh, you know, the three of us. Um, Max is very strong on, on the details. I, I guess is the experience that he had in, um, in the past with uh, working at hotel cars in a big structure. Um, so he brought his little touch, but mainly um, the design. It's 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 is the three of us basically who decided and choose what we wanted in terms of the color, um, the 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 design of of the restaurant. Okay, and did you take inspiration from somewhere for that, or like Not from really. France even? Uh, yes, yeah. I mean in terms of um, we have a, a half friend called Aldo Gigli, it's a famous artist, okay. uh, who did some hand painting on the, on the tiles. Um, um, so uh, we took it from um, some different ideas on um, one bar uh, in Paris um, but we decided to do our own design as well but um, there's a lot of one bar in Paris that you have hand painting on the on the tiles probably made in 1800 all these kind of things mm. so we we took this from 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 Paris okay um, and then um, Aldo Gigli as well did, created a jungle room in the basement, okay. uh, which is a private dining room open onto the wine cellar. It's a beautiful jungle. Um, and I, this was our idea, Max and I having a, a dinner uh, after service at the bar, just the two of us with a glass of wine. And then we said, what can we do downstairs? Okay. Uh, we opened the ground floor first. And then um, we, dis we only opened um, the jungle room just six months after the opening. So it was kind of a storage at the time. Okay. And then we say, let's, what should we do? And then we say, yeah, let's do a jungle. Okay. Fantastic. And then, That's where uh, all the best ideas come uh, from, over a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, and now jungle room is very famous for uh, private, um, you know, it can be birthday, hand party, meetings, or anything like that. Okay, so, but yeah. so it sounds like it really came from the heart and yeah, soul almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Very good. Exactly. Okay, um, and you found a site then, obviously in the heart of Soho, yeah. an amazing location, yeah. and obviously such a critical element in the success of a concept. Yeah. How was that process? How long did it take to find it and generally kind of acquiring so, that site? Uh, it was very difficult for us to find a site because obviously Maxim Alari, Yanis Salari, not very well known into um, um, business, obviously, um, industry. So we used to, we had a lot of meetings with um, Shazbury Estate, with a lot of different companies who, 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 who um, offer you sites. And um, obviously because we have a, didn't have a big name, um, other big um, company um, passing at the front of us. Yeah. So it was difficult and one day um, um, we decided to uh, knock doors basically. Mm. And then um, before Blanchette it was a Korean restaurant called Nara. And um, we saw it was a bit quiet. Um, quite dark inside, so we knocked the door and we wow. um, asked to speak to the owner. Um, the owner was not in the restaurant. Um, I think it was the time there was the manager who told me um, he'd be back around 5 p.m. So we went for a walk with Max and then we came back at 5 p.m. and uh, the owner was here and we say, sorry, can we have a quick chat with you outside because we didn't want to the other staff to know what we want mm. to make an offer. Mm. So we took him outside and we say, yeah, we want to, uh, we want, uh, to make an offer. Uh, would you be interested to sell the, 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 the lease? And um, he was a bit surprised of two young <laughs> yeah. uh, guys uh, coming to uh, offer him the, you know, to buy the lease. And then he said, yeah, I'm going to think about it. Interesting. Um, and then I gave him my contact and then a couple of months later he sent me an email and he said, can I uh, meet you um, and we had a, um, um, a meeting in Mayfair um, and we had a coffee and then he offered me um, a price and then uh, I say yes straight away. Fantastic, that's amazing, yeah. amazing. I always find as well from personal experience it's kind of better to walk the streets almost because yeah. you find these opportunities quicker yeah. than going through agents or even landlords yeah, directly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly and then he, you know, we you know, he was, he lacked us as well and he said, okay, I'll leave it to you guys. Yeah. And, uh, Fantastic, and I love then, it. And then after we met the, the landlord, the freeholder, uh, we explained the concept and uh, yeah, it was very nice. And then we uh, exchanged and then uh, um, at, at the time when we met the landlord, so we met the landlord in June, I think, and then he gave me a call back, I think in yeah, end of August, and by October we had the keys. Okay, okay, so it went very quick. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Um, so the early stages of the restaurant then, like, was it busy from the first day, or how did you build that trade up initially? So we opened the restaurant on the seventeenth of December. Obviously, seventeenth of December, crazy busy all over London. Christmas parties booked in advance. Okay, so okay. for us. We were very quiet. Everywhere else was very busy as ah. we were dead. Wow. A bit scary. I remember Fame Ashler, the famous um, critic, critic um, came into the restaurant, a table of six. Um, and that's the only, that was the only one table in the restaurant. Wow. And um, I was, you know, I was like, oh my God, it's going to be uh, scary. Yeah, it's going to be scary. <laughs> 
and um, so yeah so she, anyway she enjoyed she gave us I don't remember she gave us three or four, four star um, and Christmas close uh, we were yeah we were closed during Christmas between Christmas and New Year's Eve we were open but still very 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 quiet and uh, January opened slowly slowly you know we were doing a bit more you know at least 20 covers a night okay. it's not where we were waiting but mm. at least we were doing some covers mm. and we had a review from Jay Rayner end of January and uh, Jais Cohen I think fantastic reviews and since the reviews came out we were packed every wow. night wow and it never stopped okay um, so from December till January, end of January, we were very quiet. And then February, the two reviews um, in a week came out and transformed. Then, boom. Amazing. The yeah. phone nonstop emails, bam, bam, bam. Wow. And then um, we started to have a bit more reviews in a lot of different magazines in Vogue. And, Okay. And then, um, yeah, we became, um, yeah, a bit, we were everywhere. I yeah. used to have friends texting me saying, well, what's going on with Blanchet? You guys everywhere, every week I can see your reviews. Amazing. So Amazing. that was great. It was all off the back of one or two good kind exactly. of Exactly, exactly. So as soon as Jay Rayner came and gave us a good review, yeah. everyone started to come, basically. Okay. okay. Um, so that was fantastic. And then, um, yeah, very busy. Okay. Um, so yeah. Initially, so pre-launch, you're obviously open just before Christmas. Did you do any pre-launch PR marketing to kind of try to get them bookings in, or no, no? we didn't. Okay. I mean, at the time, you know, when you open, we don't have a lot of budget and all these kind of things. So sure. we uh, we only took a PR company after six months. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, it was tough. But okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Interesting. And I just want to kind of dig a little bit deeper into the reviews there, because obviously that was 2013 and going into 2014. Yeah. How have you seen that landscape change and I guess the power of those, let's call them traditional critics if we can, uh, into kind of more social media, I guess organic social media, but also influencers and bloggers and so on. Have you seen like a tangible shift there in the power of that or or not so much? Before, I mean, yeah, I mean, since social media was not very, very strong in 2013 when we opened in 2014. Uh, it was more a review on the Evening Standard or the Metro in newspaper on Thursday. Everyone was waiting okay. or the timeout. Mm. Now, I don't know. I mean, I don't take the tube much, but um, I don't know if people are reading anymore those reviews. Now mm. it's more about influencers and bloggers. Sure. Um, so there is a big difference on what it used to be and now in terms of the bloggers and, 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 and the journalists, mm. definitely. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And what would you say was the most valuable thing you did in those early days? Like what was bringing people in? What was getting you the good reviews? Was it kind of food or experience? Or, exactly. Or what? Yeah. So I think the, 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 the food, the package that we offered was the atmosphere. So the music, okay. the light, uh, the, 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 the food, the one list. I think the whole packaging was you can spend 26 pounds on a house wine, but you can spend 300 pounds on a, on a nice bottle of wine as well. Yeah. You can go uh, for um, a little snacks to um, a, um, 
a Chateaubriand, if you like, as well. So we were, the whole packaging was very, um, I think we, the, the value um, and the atmosphere as well okay. um, was great. And the service, my brother and I were here every day, so the owner spent time into the restaurant. Okay. Um, so a lot of regulars came. Um, they, you know, get to know Max and Yanis and, you know, the, we became the two faces of the restaurant. Sure. So, yeah, this is why customer came back, basically. Okay. So it's consistency of exactly. standards. And yeah. I guess maybe congruency. So everything was kind of integrated in terms of what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned Malik and his passion for music. And you mentioned music there again in terms of yeah. it's important. Music is very yeah. important. Malik was doing live as well for us every month. Live? Yeah. Okay. So DJ? We or yeah, DJ. We have two vinyl tables. And obviously we're not playing techno or anything like that. Huh? It's very... Malik is very strong on adapting himself into restaurant okay. and different type of restaurant. Um, and he play jazz, salsa, blues. Um, he can play funk, soul, and he give a little touch into the restaurant. When you arrive and you see two vinyl tables and the DJ is putting some track. Um, so it was, it was really good. And I remember a customer calling me, do you have that live DJ tonight? And you know, every wow. Friday, we used to do it every Friday, the first Friday of the month. And we used to have like, I don't know, like uh, 80 people on the waiting list because they all wow. wanted to, to be at the live. And it's great, it's amazing. Sure, and this was, it was all dining seated. There was nobody that, standing no, or drinking. dining or, seating yeah. only. Okay, interesting. We just added to that experience. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. Um, okay, so let's then move on off the back of the success of that. You obviously opened in Brick Lane in yeah. 2016. 2016, yeah. yeah. Tell us about that and I guess what inspired you to open a second? What was the ambition at that time? And why in particular that location? Because obviously very different to Soho yeah. in many respects. So um, we, um, 2016, were looking for a second site. Um, we say, why not Shoreditch? Um, we had had the offer to uh, open in Brick Lane. The site was available. I think it was a mistake from uh, my brother and I. Um, I mean, Shoreditch and Brick Lane are completely different. Mm. Uh, I think it was a bit too early to go to Brick Lane. Uh, Brick Lane is a destination that you pass, but you don't really stop for dinner. Okay. Um, but anyway, we um, um, opened Brick Lane um, in 2016. We did a great decor. Um, it was the French Odalisk on the bar, hand painting by Aldo Gigli. Uh, we did a Picasso, uh, Prov uh, Provence Picasso room for the private room at the back of the restaurant. So very beautiful decor, nice atmosphere again, mm. music, um, food. We had a little touch of Moroccan dishes. Um, so we had those Moroccan baked egg and uh, the uh, merguez sausage roll as a snack, but still with that French influence. So we had those classic that we had as well in Soho. Um, so very we started we you know quite busy. Obviously we had a name, so a lot of people you know crossing London to come and see us. And mm. um, so no, it was really good, but um, it was a lot of work for for obviously um, not many return um, and quite far uh, from Soho and, and Brick Lane. 
so we uh, yeah we decided to um, to stop um, and I think the way um, I think Shoreditch is great I love to go to Shoreditch but how style my brother and I it's more the West End I will say than 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 Shoreditch okay in terms of service style exactly or, yeah. Um, yeah I think we fit more into the West End than 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 Shoreditch sure um, but um, I mean it was a great experience for us mm. um, I don't regret anything at mm -hmm. all because obviously uh, set, you know set up restaurants it's uh, you know it's, it's, it's great it's a great feeling yeah um, so uh, no no I think we did something fantastic yeah. um, but um, you know it didn't work it didn't work and then sure. we, we moved on yeah. and then um, as well why as well we 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 we, we um, Stop the adventure in, in Shoreditch is because we've been approached by the uh, Shangri-La Group Hotel in 2019, mm. um, and they uh, offer us to do um, a, a pop-up at the Shangri-La Hotel in, in Mauritius Island, and we accepted the offer. I mean, it was fantastic. And my brother and I, we um, moved to Mauritius for um, for three months, and we uh, did the Blanchette. Uh, we did Blanchette at, uh, at the Shangri-La Hotel, um, so it was before pandemic, and after the um, after the um, the pop-up at the end of the pop-up, they offer us to come back over the winter, and um, probably a bit longer than three months. So we said, why should we? Um, stop the adventure with Brick Lane, put it on the market and concentrate on Soho and maybe do a bit more pop-up with the Shangri-La Hotel okay. and then um, see how it goes in the future. Okay. And this is that was the reason and then after obviously we had the pandemic so we haven't been back to to the Shangri-La okay. um, because obviously the island is closed but that was a reason as well what they had in mind as well to, 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 to sell Brick Lane. Okay, interesting. And I guess where you are, are you following kind of like a, a structured growth path or are you kind of just seeing where things lead with the brand or? This is why the idea, what that okay. was the idea at the beginning. Okay. I think now we realize that growing it's not very, it's not easy. I mean, you need to be careful, especially in London, there's a lot of competition. Mm. So um, at the moment we've got one who's doing well. Um, if there is opportunity to open a second one, we will go straight away, okay. of course, but we're going to take our time and see how it goes. Okay, okay, yeah. makes sense, sensible. But what we're um, looking at the moment is really keep doing some pop-up. The experience that we had at the Shangri-La was fantastic. Mm. So we really want to keep doing pop-up in, um, in, in hotels. Mm. Um, and to bring um, and offer them the experience of the music, the mm. food, the service, the atmosphere. I think it's, um, sure. we have something, you know, we have a strong, strong concept. Yeah. And, and it's uh, a great uh, way of testing and validating yeah. particular locations as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Without too much risk, obviously, or yeah. cost. So yeah. this is why we, uh, we want to focus on as well. Okay. Um, just to finish on Brick Lane, because I remember that restaurant and I loved it. Yeah. I thought the design was fantastic and the experience. I actually thought it did stand out in Brick Lane, but for me it was a destination mm. that wasn't too far from Shoreditch yeah. or the heart of Shoreditch. Yeah, because like, we were on top just off Retro Street. Yeah. So uh, what would you, or, or do you think it could have worked in time or would you have done anything different now looking back at it? or? 
Well, um, the, uh, if I have to, um, I won't reopen in Bricklane because okay. the problem is Bricklane, you don't have any lunch trade uh -huh. and okay. you're only very busy for dinner. Mm. And um, obviously a business, you need to trade lunch and dinner. You have a lot of cost and, sure. um, and the only busy area where you uh, busy for lunch it's a bit more close to closer to liverpool street or uh, but not on this area in brick lane so sure um this is why i mean at the moment i won't you know i mean i won't i won't change anything but um i won't go again with the with the side that we took okay okay interesting makes sense um, okay, so I read um, about your uniforms that uh, you're making from waste from your kitchen. Is that right? Uh, yeah. A part so of we have uh, yeah we have a part of the uniform which is uh, made by waste, uh, which is my sister-in-law Maria. Uh, she's Swedish and she created uh, my natural dye uh, company, um, and we have a collaboration with her. So she does she collects all our waste. Okay. Uh, from our kitchen, uh, vegetable waste, carrot, avocado, uh, um, um, beetroot, um, anything. And then and she dyed um, silk uh, scarf wow. uh, with a little ring with blanchette on it. Um, it's, fun, it's beautiful, very beautiful, very chic. Sure. And then um, so the girl wearing it on the hair um, or as, as a scarf or even for a boy, you can... I mean, it's great. It's beautiful. Um, so yeah, we—it's part of the uniform. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And do you you think that's important? Like consumers kind of recognize that, or like how yes. do you market that and communicate we, it? Yes. So yeah. um, we do have a lot of guests asking, "Where do you get the the the, the, the where did you get the the, the scarf?" Yeah. Um, and we we explain the story, and uh, they. they I think it's great. I mean, it's a fantastic story. They, 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 we usually we have some really good feedback. Sure. Okay. Fantastic. Great idea. Um, so let's just touch on, um, I guess, the changes in the industry, and obviously COVID being the main one at the moment, but also changes in people's habits, um, maybe as a result of COVID, uh, the increase in deliveries and meal kits and so on, and also health trends and vegan trends. Have you noticed that kind of tangibly in the restaurant in terms of like demand for certain items? We do and have. How have you adopted to that? Yeah, we. I mean, <laughs> Blanchette, we know the. I mean, we we have vegan offer by uh, demand, um, but um, yeah, we, we we the last three years there's a big um, demand in terms of vegan, vegetarian, gluten free, dairy free. Uh, yeah, he, he, he became. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's it's it's. We have a lot of demand in the restaurant. Okay. Definitely a lot. We have a lot of requests of. Um, can you create a vegan menu to us? Um, we obviously we can create one dish or, or or two dishes for vegan. They're more than welcome in the restaurant. Yeah. But to create a, to create a bespoke uh, testing menu vegan, we don't. This is not the style of the restaurant. Okay. But obviously, vegan and vegetarian, they they're very welcome into the restaurant. We can adapt ourselves okay. definitely. Okay. But um, yeah, we uh, there is a lot of demand. Yeah, for the last few years, we can see it's, it's big. Yeah. Okay. London. And deliveries is that something you've done or are doing? We um, we done it during the lockdown. 
um, we, uh, but we stop as soon as we reopen um, because we're quite busy and we don't have the, the, the team to, to concentrate on sure. on deliveries as well. And the, the, the food that we do, which is the a la carte, is not really good for takeaways, I would say. Sure. It's harder to maintain the consistency exactly. and standards. Exactly. Yeah. For okay. snacks, it's absolutely fine. Okay. But for the a la carte, it's a bit, a bit different. Okay. Interesting. Okay, um, and then just to touch on yourself and your brothers in terms of roles. So it sounds like there's a nice dynamic. You all have your areas of focus and experience, but how has that changed over the years? And what are you kind of focusing on at this stage? So um, it's a good question, actually, because we started with my brother on being the face of the front of house and Max took over the kitchen in 2019. So he's now the head chef. Uh-huh. And I'm um, looking after the front of house, and um, it's great, I would say, because obviously he has the view of the kitchen. He's doing an amazing job. I think the the food, um, it's it's never been so good at Blanchette. He, he designed the new menu, redesigned the new menu, um, different plate, different. Um, um, in terms of the visual, in terms of the test, I, th- I, th- I think we we uh, went to another level. Mm. Um, so he's doing an amazing job. Uh, the team is great. Um, so the fact that he's looking after the kitchen and I'm looking after the front of the house, it's we. I think we for for the company for the vision of the company, it's ten times much better. Okay. Um, it's uh, no, it's 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 great. Um, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I was quite surprised, obviously, um, um, one day he said, okay, I'm going to take the kitchen over. Um, he always been passionate, obviously, about food. Mm. He always been very strong on cooking and, 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 and talking about recipes with the ex-HF. Sure. But taking over a kitchen, it's completely different. Sure. And it took over in 2019 and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, okay. it's great. Okay. Um, and the fact that he's doing a great job uh, and, and the restaurant is busy and, and um, we, you know, we're even stronger. Mm, sure. I guess it supports or helps the fact that obviously there's a staffing crisis. Yeah. But if the founders and the owners are there themselves on site. Exactly. To kind of maintain the culture. Of course. Of course. Staff. And yeah. to work, you know, it's a family business. So the staff yeah. working with Max, they feel like learning in the kitchen a lot. You walk close to the owner, and the same on the floor, walking close to the owner. Sure. They feel like... They're part of something. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So there's a leader on the floor, and there's a leader in the kitchen. So for them, they, you know, when you come to work, you know you're going to work for someone, and you, you know, um, sure. it's a family business. So. Sure, there's a stronger connection there as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. What's your opinion of the staffing crisis at the moment? It's obviously quite severe post-COVID. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult to find staff. Very, yeah. very difficult. Um, obviously that's the way it is and hopefully in the next few months it'll get better mm. uh, but I think we're missing 200,000 people in hospitality in London mm. so yeah it's it's um, it's it, you know it's tough but uh, that's you know that's the way it is and let's I think we need to stay positive okay and uh, hopefully it'll, it'll change in the next uh, few months and uh, we see get back to normal okay and the fact that the government opened uh, the borders again Maybe we get a bit more people and um, I don't know how it's going to work in terms of European people to work in, in, in the UK, but I really hope they will um, let foreign 
you know, to, to come and, and be able to work in hospitality because obviously we need them. Okay. We need them. Sure. Um, it's very important, in, which is in all category, which is from a kitchen porter to a general manager. Sure. We, need, we, need, we need support. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. And how do you, um, as a team, I guess, uh, overcome that or kind of make the most of what's out there and try to attract and retain people? Is it kind of more cultural or do you have incentives or referral schemes or anything like that? Or? Um, no, it is, it is very cultural actually. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. So that's supporting people kind of yeah. internally. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. And what does the future hold then for yourselves? Do you see kind of big growth plans or are you taking one step at a time? Or? Well, um, yeah, at the moment yeah. it's to, um, I would say it's to uh, survive <laughs> yeah. with restaurants. Yeah. Uh, but now we, you know, we uh, the, the support from uh, from our guests and the regulars have been amazing. So we, you know, we. Um, but it's to concentrate on Blanchette. We have some. We're changing a lot of things in the restaurant. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, with the food and in terms of service. So yes, to, to stick into Blanchette and to to see if we can, um, you know, if there's a, a new opportunity to come, um, a new site, uh, we'll definitely uh, be looking sure. um, or um, pop up abroad will be fantastic. Okay, interesting. Why abroad? You think that? Um, as I mentioned, the, 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 the pop up that we've done okay. with the Shangri-La in Mauritius was just a fantastic experience and we saw that the guests from the hotel, which is from Hong Kong, um, France, Spain, England, a lot of different culture, Russian, sure. the experience that they had at Blanchette when they were in Mauritius, they loved it. Okay. And we had so many contacts. Uh, people came back into London on holidays to the restaurant, say hi. And, and it works very well. So I okay. would, you know, I would love to have the opportunity to do it in different countries. Okay, fantastic. And Great. to have a partnership with hotel okay. uh, for um, one or two months, um, I think can be great. Okay, great. Sounds good. So it's world domination, step yeah. by step. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Great. Um, final question. Um, somebody starting out in the industry now, let's say maybe has an idea what advice would you give them? I guess considering as well, it's post COVID. And like we were saying before this, there's lots of opportunities around for sites. Any kind of one piece of advice you'd give somebody starting out? Passion, um, okay. location, and um, yeah, work, you know, work hard. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's the key in hospitality, but you know, to be passionate and and um, and um, yeah, keep positive. That's, sure. the, that's the only way to to sure. do well in, in hospitality. Okay, makes sense. Well, the passion's so clear, Giannis. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. And you're a true restaurateur. Yeah. So it's been an absolute pleasure and best of luck in the future. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you Peter. Great.